Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 16 of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Oh, I'm alright. Uh, we're coasting into the end of the school year, Matt, which means I am kind of running on fumes a little bit. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I do not have a school year that I'm getting near the end of, but uh, we are sort of getting near consistently nice weather. So even though I don't have a vacation to look forward to, I have like a... Um, Dude, in Cleveland... I'm just looking forward to that recharge, you know? Yeah, man. In Cleveland, consistently nice weather is sort of a vacation all on its own. You know, I, I have a new theory about this, Dave, which is... Do you remember last week we talked about how we have... As we've gotten older, like gardening more. Yeah. Here is my theory. And this, I don't, this is the first time I've said it out loud. It might be stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. I feel like. Matt, that's like 90% of this podcast. Sure. Just... I feel like each individual spring and summer that comes around, like every year spring and summer is enjoyed separately as a discrete unit. Okay. But every winter that you live through throughout the course of your life is endured as one long thing that is, like, interrupted by the nice weather. Oh. So, like... Huh. Yeah, no, you know what? As soon as you said it... Yeah, and... It does... It's like winter is the default, and you get spring and summer and fall, but those are just breaks from winter. Right, even though those things aren't any like shorter than winter and together they're much longer than winter so that's why each individual spring every year feels more and more like a beautiful miracle because the aggregate of winter that you have lived has gotten one unit larger longer no that totally makes i that yeah no that resonates cool all right, glad that made sense, Dave. Uh, on a different note, we're watching Car Ranger today. It's episode 16. It is called Bad Wisdom, Merging Caution. If you rearrange and scramble those words in any order, it makes no more or less sense, but we're just going to roll with it. The original air date on this bad boy was June 14th, 1996. It was written by our old pal, Yoshio Urasawa. But of course, Dave, before we get into this episode, as always... Shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? Love to. Dave, it's Marvel season, baby. It is. Very, very exciting. exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I saw the new Marvel movie, and Dave, I'm ready to talk about it from top to bottom, backwards, forwards, the hits, the music, the scenes, the explosions. We got it all here, Dave. Let's you- talk Captain Marvel. <laughs> I, did, I was a little surprised. I didn't think you had seen Avengers yet. No, I'm seeing it tonight. Um, but I'm seeing it tomorrow. That's We finally got our cool. schedules worked out. Um, but I did finally get a chance to see Captain Marvel. I was going to see Avengers last weekend, but like I didn't want to watch the season finale without seeing all the episodes first. Right, and I know a bunch of people were like, oh, you don't need to have seen Captain Marvel. But like, come on. Yeah, well, it's not a, just, just do it. Do the whole thing. It's not about needs. It's about right. wants. I want to see that yeah. movie, so it did. Um, Captain Marvel was great. It was really fun, Dave. 
I did not realize until... I, I, I will tell you, I knew the movie was going to take place in the 90s. Uh-huh. But until I saw, like... The scenes oh. set in 1995. I didn't realize how much like of a... you saw that blockbuster. I saw the then... blockbuster. I saw the Radio Shack. I saw all of the cars on the road looking like all the cars that were on the road in 1995. Uh-huh. And it, it, was, it was so... It was such a balm to my soul to, like, for that two hours, be able to revisit 1995. I didn't know it was going to have that effect on me, but it really did. So I've been listening uh, to that soundtrack the, the entire week. Uh-huh. I love the movie. I do think it has some weird implications, uh, scroll, scroll wise for like the larger Marvel cinematic universe. Man. Cause Beth and I were able to see it together and she was like, Oh man, these scrolls, like they seem cool. They're great. And I was like, yeah, they do seem cool. That's weird. And then she was like, what? And I was like, no, you've got to understand that like, like, the Kree are bad guys, definitely. But, like, if the Kree are, like, Nazis, like, the Skrulls are definitely Stalin. Yeah, I mean, and those, were, actually those weren't two things I necessarily wanted to talk about in, in our fun well, Sentai I'm podcast, just, Dave. Would, but, yes, they are, two, was, they are two sides of a war, and both of them are bad in the comics. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying, and I said it in a way that was immediately accessible. I felt like it was an excellent piece of communication. Uh, I dug the movie. I will tell you one thing, and uh, here, you want, me to, you want me to throw a weird wrench in the works of you watching historical movies for the rest of your life? Sure. Sure, it does not matter, almost, almost ever. It does not matter how good the historic research is on a movie. It doesn't matter how accurate everything is. The hair will always be wrong. Oh, 100%. Like, okay, I was not sure this was a thing The hair won't be 100% wrong, but it will always be at least 80% wrong. Yeah, and it will always, that 80% will also be like dead modern. Yeah. Like, you could have changed, like, everything else Brie Larson was wearing. Well, actually, the 90s are kind of looping around again, so she probably would be fine. Yeah, I was going to say, like, her clothing was very good 90s, but it's also stuff that's currently at Target. Yeah, so, like, but she could have walked out into the 90s, looked totally fine, except her hair would be completely off. Um, And Beth pointed that out to me, like, years and years ago, and now I can't ever unsee it. But it was a great movie. Can I tell you my favorite... The thing that I really, really dug about it. I would it, love for you to do that. The thing that I thought was fantastic about it is... I, sorry, I got to have jokes about it. Actually, we never do jokes about the Marvel movies. We just love them. Uh, is that Captain Marvel was not a... Like, she wasn't a Gamora. She wasn't Black Widow. She wasn't like... Like, I'm a strong... Which, like, I love those characters. Don't get me wrong. But I really dug that that Brie Larson did manage to be like tough and strong and like badass without being a cartoon of a tough, strong, badass person. Right. Like she was great. She was actually, I feel like significantly chiller and more fun than like the captain, uh, captain Marvel comics, you know, I, in which she's like a super hard case. Um, I, well, that's actually a more modern yeah, anyways. Yeah. Um, I had a very similar thought as I was watching the movie, I it just had this vibe. It's like, oh, like I know this person, like not like not specifically, but it just seemed like, oh yeah, like this is probably someone I know that I run into like at a bar once a month, and we like catch up. 
Like, that is the vibe that I got off of her. And I've never gotten that vibe off of another character in those Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was she did a fantastic job. I thought the action sequences were great. I really yeah. liked the relationship she uh, they had with Jude Law. Very cool. Yes, dude. All of I, that. I loved. Like, I think it's so wild that the Marvel stuff, like, it leans so heavily on like old canon that no one cares about anymore. Like, uh-huh. like there was no reason for Yon Rog to be in that movie. Really? No one cares about Yon Rog, except that he happened to have been the bad guy in those old Captain Marvel comics where Carol, Carol Danvers first got her powers. And so they're like, nope, we're putting them in. And that, I think, you know, is it's a weird thing, but it happens a lot in these Marvel movies. And even in the, the Netflix series, they did that. They do. Well, you know... I mean, not that I they put Jan Rog and everything. That would be weird. Right. <laughs> well, the truth is, they kind of ran out of the real obvious canon fairly quickly. You know, like, yeah. they hit Iron Man and all of that stuff. So, like, now we've got Captain Marvel and Jan Rog. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was great. I don't want to take too much more time talking about it because we got four other stars, Dave. What is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, is one I've had in my pocket for for a minute. Pull it out. Uh, and I just wanted to talk about it. Intramural Quidditch. Okay. So... If you're listening to this podcast, I like you have to know what Quidditch is, right? Like you listen to a Sentai podcast, you've read Harry Potter. Yes. And so the game of Quidditch, like in the world of wizards, right? In the wizarding world of Harry Potter, the game of Quidditch is super interesting, right? It's this like wild, like three-dimensional game, and like there's all these different positions, and you've you've got to do this this weird thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm one of those guys who thinks that, like, Quidditch actually sucks, but yes, I see what you're saying. Well, okay, here's the thing that, the thing that sucks about Quidditch in the actual world of Harry Potter is that the point scaling is all jacked up. Right, it's, it is an interesting visual, but I think, like, an ill, an ill-considered game. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I think it's actually a well-considered game, except the fact that the Golden Snitch is worth too many points. Like, if that were not the case... It would be it would be a little bit better. Yeah, I mean that's because that's really what Quidditch the thing is. That breaks it. Yeah, and so, but you're aware of like intramural Quidditch leagues, right? You know that this is a thing that <sighs> yeah, exists. I do. I wish I didn't okay. know about it, but I know about it. Okay, here's the thing: if you had taken the game of Quidditch, in which the theory is like there's a ball that has to go through three hoops, like one of three hoops, and you've got like tacklers and you've got like whatever else and you had just adapted that as a game i'm not really sure what you would do with the snitch maybe have like a third like a non-player who's just fast that you've got to catch i'm not sure but like if you had just adapted that as a game i i think it could be actually fun like i can see the the appeal of this game but they didn't just do that because part of the game of Quidditch in like intramural versions is that you've got to run around with a broom between your legs like an idiot. Yeah. You know how they could have solved this, Dave? Bicycles. Just get rid of the brooms. Bicycles. Have it be on bicycles. It would be incredibly dangerous, but it would actually be fun to watch. You know, they actually did that with polo. People paid bike polo, oh, yeah. which is wild to me. Um, anyways, yeah. Had they just not 
had they just not done this thing with the brooms, this could have been an actively interesting sport as opposed to like a weird, like yet one more weird goofball thing associated with Harry Potter. Put him on BMX. Can I say, dude, put him on BMX bikes, put him in a skate park, have him play Quidditch, make it, happen. Make it part of the X Games. That's how you the, do it right. See, I would Rams watch the and heck flips. out of that. Rams and as flips a, as they're trying to dunk. Like, yes, that's great. That would be incredible. Red Bull would sponsor that oh, and yeah. I would watch it. Side note, a bunch of people got excited semi-recently that Target started carrying Harry Potter stuff. Did we talk about this? I, I know we talked about it in life. And I know we put it on like a short list of things to talk about on the podcast. But I don't know if we ever got around to it. Anyways, I was just like, people were so incredibly excited that like Target was now carrying Harry Potter merchandise. And all I could think was like, oh, good. Finally, oh, thank goodness. finally, you have a place to buy a Gryffindor there scarf. Was, right. There was such a dearth of Harry Potter merchandise in my life. Thank goodness I can now get it at Target. And hey, listen, uh, and- I know we just spent 20 minutes talking about a Marvel movie. Right. I, yeah, no, listen, I get it. And I like Harry Potter. I have a Ravenclaw mug that my wife got from Target. It's a good mug. Like, I'm, I'm not... Anyways, uh, it was the degree of excitement that I found somewhat baffling, as though you could not, like, literally outfit everything in your life with Harry Potter versions. Um, frankly, it's made it a little hard to not do it. <laughs> um, you've, you've got four choices. You can do Harry Potter or Doctor Who, or Marvel. Those are your choices. Everything in your house has to be one of those three things. Uh, Matt, what is our third star of the week? Dave, our third star of the week is... um, Okay, we were writing down stars, and I said, I have stuff to say about Assassin's Creed. But now that we're here, I realize I don't have a lot to say about Assassin's Creed today. Uh, I just finished Assassin's Creed Origins, and it was really great with kind of a bummer ending. Okay, I didn't play it. Oh, Origins I, uh, is great. Origins is the Egypt one. Yes, no, uh, Beth has it. I just haven't. I'm still not really... I played a few video games over the summer, not a ton. And now that summer's coming around again, I might I might try and play through it. Because I do really like the Assassin's Creed games. Anyway, Assassin's Creed Origins was great. And I just, I also just got Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is the Greece one. Yeah, that looks cool. Oh, wait, who gives you your special stuff in Assassin's Creed Origin? Uh, how do you mean? Well, okay, is it like Da Vinci? It's not Da Vinci, it's not Alexander Graham Bell, it's not, uh, you know, like what famous historical inventor is secretly a pal with assassins? Oh, I mean, it's the origin of the assassins. There isn't, like, an assassin's brotherhood until the very end of the game. Oh, yeah, right, origins. But I mean, like, there's still gotta be a fate. Like, Like, you you run into Vitruvius at some point. Okay, yes, thank you. I mean, there are definitely, like, Cleopatra is in this game. Got it. Okay, cool. So anyway, so I, just, so I heard it was really good. Yeah, just how was uh, how's Odyssey? Uh, it's very good. It's, um, I mean, so far I'm just in, like the opening bits. It's set in Greece, um, and they give Take everyone it. like a very thick Greek accents, which makes sense, but is also kind of hilarious. <laughs> I'm actually reading the Odyssey with one of my classes right now, and we're watching the old Armand Asante, oh uh, yeah, made for TV movie. Armando Sunday, very weird choice for Odysseus. You know what's weird about this game, Dave? And I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because I haven't played too much of it and we got to keep moving here. But um, 
it, it takes place chronologically before Assassin's Creed Origins. Wait, it does? Oh yeah, quite a bit earlier. Well, because it's wait, it's then. in it's in ancient Greece, and Origins happens like during Cleopatra and Caesar. Huh. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I don't exactly well, know how it's going to tie in to the assassins in any way other than just like conceptually. But I do love that the Assassin's Creed the series is just like, yeah, we found a time period we hadn't done yet, and we made a new character for you to be in that time period. The character's gonna be really charming and it's gonna be a pretty game. None of the rest of it has to make sense. Just have fun. Like you're good. That is I so having not played Assassin's Creed Origins, I really assumed that it was set in like like very early dynastic, you know, like way, 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 way back. Nope. No, it's I feel like the assassins should be older than like twenty what would that be? Twenty eight nineteen hundred years, something like that. Well, Dave, uh I mean we're I'm playing Odyssey now, so I will let you know if they are like capital A assassins by the end of that game. Oh yeah, please do, please do. But Dave, um what is our fourth star of the week? Fourth star of the week, Matt. Haven't done one in a little while. We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. So, um, man, the babies are this no joke. They're almost two and a half. Which is wild. I mean, it's that not wild, wild if I look at a calendar and think for a second, but yeah, right. I mean, like it, it is, feels wild. It's May of 2019. That's how old they should be. Uh, no, they're just growing up like weeds. They have recently started working. They have le- figured out how to say, like, I want and I need, but they are not great at, like, differentiating. Okay. So they will just say, like, I need napkin i want this i want that uh they are still working on please and they are just like man those little goofballs like they melt my heart uh every day they also drive me crazy well sure obviously they have figured out compromise okay which is something that we have been like working on teaching like the concept or they recognize the word no 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 like the concept of a compromise so they'll be like you know, we'll, we'll say like, okay, well, it's like time to go up to bed. And they're like reading books or something. And they'll be like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want to go upstairs. And we'll say like, okay, compromise. You could read like one more book and then we'll go upstairs, right? Like I'll meet you in the middle a little bit. You know, sort of help you work you through this process of going up to bed. Sure. Cool. But so what they will do is they'll be like, one more book. And I'll say like, no, we're all done reading books. And Sugar Bee will say compromise one more book <laughs> like she just says she just says compromise in front of whatever it is she wanted to do originally yeah i mean i but feel like are... i still do that <laughs> compromise what if we did my thing and not your thing but yeah man they're uh they're growing up like weeds and they run and jump and and jump off of everything uh buddy bear is becoming they like snitch on each other Real hard, which I love and encourage. So earlier today, Beth messaged me about this, and she was sitting and reading with Sugar Bean, and Sugar Bean said, and she just used her brother's real name. She just said, 
Buddy Bear being quiet, check of him. <laughs> Which is a thing that we say, like, eh, it's what's going on? I'm in silence. But the fact that, like, she noticed he was being very quiet and felt like she needed to go check on him was, was kind of incredible. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so they're just, man, they're just big kids now. It's wild. Um, Matt, that's the end of Baby Watch. Cool. Uh, Can I tell you about... I? It is cool, man. These kids. Can I tell you about the fifth star? Fifth star of the week? Please do. So, fifth star of the week is... This is like a weird... This is like goof adjacent. But it is just something that I've been noticing in my life. And I didn't really have a place to, to talk about it except for right here. So... Well, this is, this is a safe space for you. Thank you. So I would not say that we're like super funny. We're like I, mean, I don't know. Like we, I don't know why you would say that. It's hurtful. But well, I just listen. I just want to be want to be realistic, right? And yeah, there's like George Carlin at the top of the list, and then well, you well, know, well, like George Carlin is at the top of your list of all no, of the I funniest just, he was, people. He's a he's a funny man. Sure. Um, I can't... Uh, I get it. Okay, John yes. Mulaney. John... Okay, so if John Mulaney is a 10, I just want to be realistic. Like, we're not... We're not as funny as sure, John Sure, we're Mulaney. like eights, tops. Okay. We're what? Eight, tops. <laughs> yeah, eight, tops. 8.25. You know, whatever. We're no, rounding. definitely no higher than eight. But the thing is, like, okay, so if you spend... But I do spend a fair amount of time, like, thinking about being funny. And here is the problem is that if you spend a bunch of time thinking about being funny, you you end up running like a constant goof subroutine in the back of your head. Because uh-huh. you're always just kind of like looking around. Be like, oh, is that funny? If it's not funny, could it be made to be funny? Is there an opportunity to like get a goof in here? Which is a fine and good except that it's very difficult to turn off. It is. Now, the thing is, I rarely try to turn it off because I need to bring at least two and a half things a week for the five stars on average. Right, no, no, no. So, like, I'm desperate to find, just claw one more semi-good goof out of my week. So I never turn it off. But yes, there are times when I should. And, and like, 95% of the time, people appreciate goofs. But occasionally... Goofs are not appropriate. But I do have to find them. I, I have to like, not physically, of course, but I have to like actively restrain myself from goofing. This is very bad on Facebook because friends will post like lovely pictures of like their children and fam- not when they're not in their children. I have no desire to like goof on people's kids. But whenever a friend of ours posts a picture of like them with their family i'm like oh that's nice and then in the comments someone says something nice and that for some reason triggers my desire to like dunk on this person who is my friend yes i'm absolutely. thinking particularly of good friend of the show aaron mm-hmm. who posted like this beautiful picture of him and his like lovely wife and their two wonderful children and like underneath a person whom i do not know was like Aaron, beautiful family, something, something. And like, I didn't even, I shut it down. I shut the reflex down before I even came up with something. But I had to like pull my hands back from the computer <laughs> to not make fun of my good friend. Uh, 
Another time semi-recently, producer Mark shared like this very touching story. I'm not going to share it because it's his story. But this very like wonderfully human, touching story. And the story like sort of tangentially involved Olive Garden. <laughs> I just had to stop myself from dunking on Olive Garden. I was like, this is not the time or place. Nobody cares about your dumb goose about how Olive Garden is bad. Right. First of all, everyone already knows. You know, a surprising number of people don't know, Matt. Uh, see this, man, Dave, this is why I just never comment on Facebook. <laughs> I think that's a lot safer for me. If I say stupid stuff, it's just out into the air and then it's gone. Yeah, that's the best. That's the way to do things. Uh, so anyways, Matt, I have trouble stopping the goof train. Well, don't but, um, don't don't stop now, Dave, because we're done with well, the five no, stars. Now is the, this is the now worst is the time, time to stop the goof train. Give us about half an hour of your time, and then, and then, then you'll be free. Uh, but first, Dave, we need to take a break. We need to watch episode 16 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. It's time for Bad Wisdom, Merging Caution, a title that is nonsensical and seemingly unrelated to this episode 100%. Yeah, it has, uh, listen, you're 50-50, right? It's either going to explain the entire episode or it's going to be a string of unrelated words. So, we start off at Pegasus Motors. Kyosuke is taking a nap in his boss's car, which, it's his fancy, like, roadster, and I feel like in the last two or three episodes, it has just gotten to the point where Kyosuke treats that as his car. Like, he just drives around in it and sits in it. And, like, if you had missed the episode where you found out it was the boss's car, you would assume it was Kyosuke's yeah, and wonder how assume. he afforded it. Uh, you know, I think this brings a lovely touch of humanity to this show, Matt. Because this is what everybody does with all of their work stuff. <laughs> like, someone gives you something that's like, this is for work only. And it's just like, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. And then it's you just bring it home and then it's yours uh, until you have to give it back. And then it's like weirdly disconcerting. You're like, what do you mean? You're taking my computer back. Um, so he's sitting, <laughs> he's sitting in this car. It's just nice to know that he's human, right? Yeah. So he's sitting in this car. Love it. Called it. Not this specifically, dreaming of Zanet. He's like, ah, Zanet, maybe we could just be friends first. Which I love because it is proof that this saga is continuing and that makes me real glad. I, oh man, can I just say I'm going to be actively upset if we do not get uh, uh, a conclusion, like an appropriate love conclusion to this. Like if they tease me with this and then they don't end up together... I'm going to be upset. Yeah, I hear you. So he's asleep, but he's asleep in the car. And all of a sudden, Signal Man walks up and, like, shakes him awake. He's like, you can't sleep behind the wheel. It's dangerous. <laughs> Signal Man has uh, a very interesting view of, of traffic laws. And so Signal Man is like, listen, this is, this is bad. Uh, but also he's like, I set up my Koban base right outside. Like you've gotta you've gotta watch it. And at first, I think Kyosuke is annoyed because he thinks that I think that he thinks that Signal Man has like no respect for their secret identities. Like, dude, you can't set up Koban base right here. Yeah, that's what like, I thought too. This is our base. 
it'll give it away too much that like we're the Rangers. This is not the case. No. Signal Man does not know that Kyosuke and the others are the car rangers. Has no he idea. just happens to be here. So Signal Man is like, you've got to watch my stuff. I'm going out on patrol. See you later. And Kyosuke is so mad about this. And he walks inside of uh, Koban Base, which, if you recall, is just like a little like ticket booth. Um, yeah, uh, it does have a bunch of old-timey wanted posters. Yes, for <laughs> like some of the, the Bozoak that they have already caught. Um, and, no, it's not the ones that they've already caught. It's, no, it's like not. Grotch it's like and Zalmoda and, and stuff. Um, and Kyosuke just starts complaining about Signal Man. Like, oh man, this guy, like, he has no respect for us. Like, us, the Car Rangers, me, the guy who's talking right now, the Red Ranger. He has no respect for me and he sucks. Now, the reason I mention is that he that he is being so specific is that I mean, do you mind if I if I give it away, Dave? Yeah, no, I think you can spoil okay. this particular Th- moment. There is a device, his uh what is it called? His signaler? Sig signalizer? Sig- Sig- yeah, something like that. Something like that. And it is his like Signizer. Signizer. Signizer? And it's his, like, gizmo. It's his all-purpose gizmo. It's his gun, it's his badge, it's all sorts of stuff. But apparently it is also, like, a recorder, like an audio recorder. So it is listening to Kyosuke as Kyosuke is complaining. And later, Signal Man is going to hear this and be very cross. Yeah. So, we go from from there to Barbarian, where we see a very nice cake. It's... I mean, like, that's just, it's a lovely cake, and it's covered with fruit. And Zelmoda wants to eat it. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to eat it. And President Gynamo is like, no, that is Zanette's cake. She had it made, like, for herself so that she could eat it. So we look over at Zanette, and she is sort of gazing. Uh, I think she does a very good job, actually, because she is sort of gazing longingly at Earth, but what she is saying is stupid red racer like how could you do this i'm gonna eat this cake and forget about all of my problems yes so she goes over to eat her like heartbreak misery cake to discover that not only has president gynamo not been able to stop everyone else from eating it president gynamo has also gotten in on eating it and they are as she gets over there just like wiping up the like leftover frosting from the already consumed fantastic is they don't just have the cake disappear and give everybody, like, napkins. They're just, like, they just jam cake on the monster masks. <laughs> <laughs> just, so the, the end effect is that no, nobody in President, or uh, nobody in the Bozok driving tribe, except maybe Zanette, knows how to eat better than, like, a two-year-old. They're just, like, just mashing things into their face. And President Gynamo, he's like, he feels really bad now. Yeah. He's like, oh, Zanette, I, like, I'm so sorry. Like, let me make it up to you. What uh, can I do for you? Like, I'll, anything you want, I will do it. And she says, I want you to blow up the earth right now. Yeah, tur- like, just do turn it. Turn into fireworks, make it go up. That's all I want right now. And Gynamo's like, uh, yeah, I, I know you want that. I want that too, Wait. but like... Like, I've definitely been working on we it. We have been having a problem with that. We've, we have we kind of hit a wall. There are these these five people, I don't know if you recall, um, and we're just not, we're just, we're, we sort of hit a plateau. So, Inventor Grotch comes over and he's like, oh wait, boss, 
Good news. There was a leaflet in today's space newspaper. This town. Okay. So, A, there's a space newspaper. Important information. Important information. B, I guess it gets delivered? Because, like, I don't know where else they would get it. And now I just, I like the idea of, like, an intergalactic paper boy. Oh, man, that would be a great episode of this show. Wouldn't it? Just like a, like a weird monster on a bike with papers. Uh, so anyways, so there was a leaflet in the space newspaper. <laughs> it's for an evil consultant. Yes. Not like, it, I pres- like he himself is evil. He is an evil consultant but, and he is also an evil consultant. Yes, thank you. He is both evil and consults for evil. Uh, so President Guy was like, and he has low rates, he specified. Yeah, his name is... President Gynamo. His name is... An, loves this. Uh, Instructor Richie Hiker. Yes. So he's like, Grotch, get this guy in the phone. I like the sound of him being cheap. Uh, they do have like an old-timey, like wall-mounted, like two cones mm-hmm. uh, sort of phone. And then they start going back and forth about, about the cost. And Zonnet is like... Maybe getting the cheapest version possible is, is not the best idea. And Gaiden was like, no, no, no. Like, this will be great that he's so cheap. And and I sort of think of the Bozoke as having, like, semi-limitless resources because they have this their own planet. Mm-hmm. But this seems to indi- indicate that, like, no, they're just, like, a cheap... They're just, like, a ragtag biker gang. Like, they don't have any right. money. They stole this, like, traveling space planet. Like, they probably didn't buy it. And so, <laughs> so President Gynamo was just trying to save a few space dollars. Uh, so, so the guy rolls in. Yeah, got a great look. He, man, how do you describe this guy's look? He, uh, he looks like a Final Fantasy summons. Yeah, I think that's about right. Like, he looks more like a dude... Than anyone else in that room, but less like a person than like Signal Man, but more towards the sort of like Signal Man end of like character design, like an evil Signal Man kind of. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, he lo- and he looks kind of slick. Like I dig yeah. his. He looks neat. So we see Instructor Richard Hiker, and he walks in, and he says, "Is like." Well, what can I, like, here I am. What can I help you with? And President, like, what can I do for you? And President Gynamo's like, could you just do the thing? Could you, t- I, there's these guys. Could you just kill them for me and then also blow up the earth? And he's like, uh, yeah, sure. I can do that for you. I'm gonna need some help. And then he just turns to the group of Bozo who are standing around and says like, hey, everybody, what's two plus two? And everyone says four, except for one guy who says five. And Richard Hiker is like, I'll take that guy. Like, that guy is just stupid enough to work for this plan. So we will we will see why him being dumb is important later. But it it actually is weirdly important that he's dumb. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dave, I hate this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is JJ Jedon. And I hate him. Yeah, here's here's the here's the awful thing about JJ Jedon is he's been in the background of other scenes before, and we've never really talked about him. 
because he's never done anything significant enough that we had to talk about him. But he is of a character design that when you look at it, you're like, man, I don't know if you meant for this to look racist, but it does. Yeah, it's very it bad. Kind of... it, it, it like it kind of messes with me watching this entire episode. It does. And well, but the, also the weird thing about it is that the costume is like just a head. This is just like a dude in clothes and then like a weird monster head. Yeah. And the thing is like, other than that, other than his look, there's nothing wrong with him. J.J. Jedon is fine. We're going to see him fight later and he uses like cool professional wrestling moves. Like I dig him. He does. He's, I hate his voice and he's got a weird head and I, yeah, he's dumb. So anyways, so... Anyway, I don't want to harp on that the whole episode, but like in case you are watching along with it, just like, that's a weird thing about this guy. Yeah, so we go back to Pegasus Motors and Signal... No, 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 Signal Man is not there, sorry. The Rangers are just sort of looking at Koban Base being annoyed with Signal Man. Like, Like, come on, man. Like, you just put your thing there because, of course... They know that they're the Car Angels, but Signal Man doesn't know this. So Signal Man shows up, and he says, Hey, you five, I'm looking for the Car Rangers. Have you seen them? And they're like, uh, Kilski's about to say something, and then they hold him back. And they're like, No, we certainly have not seen those darn Car, car Rangers. What are they called? Car Rangers? Is that what you said, Signal Man? And Signal Man's like, yeah, I don't know if they know this, but my device is a recorder as well, and I recorded the Red Racer, like, saying... Kind of being a jerk. Being a jerk, saying bad things about me, putting me down. And you know what that means? It means I need to arrest all of the car rangers and take them to space jail for being rude to a policeman. And that's not how that works, Signal Man. Maybe it's how space policemen work. Well, that's not that's, that's not a great not a great uh, example to set for Earth policemen. But uh, you know, maybe space police are different. So he's like, so anyways, did you see them? Do you know where they are? And uh, Yuko just says like they went that way, and Signal Man buys this, and he just 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 drives away. He salutes them. And drives away, and then the other rangers, like, go to salute him back, and Kyosuke's like, hey, stop it! Don't salute that jerk! (laughs) And I really like, I dig this about Signal Man, that he's so earnest that he does sort of seem to be able to just, like, drag people into his orbit of of doing policey stuff. Like, anybody he tells to watch Koban Base does it. Like, even Kyosuke does it. He was annoyed about it. But he, but he, he does absolutely do it. do it. He's just, man, he's just got authority in that robot space cop voice. He does. So, uh, Signal Man is driving. Oh, then the Bozok appears. Sorry, there's a there's a Bozok alert. Yeah, Dapu comes out. He's like, hey, uh, stop standing around and being mad at Signal Man. Go to your jobs. Yeah. So, they, they, they so, roll out and they find where the Bozok are. And what is happening is that Instructor Richa Hiker is just in a warehouse. J.J. Jetton is at a desk. There is a um, chalkboard set up, and he is just tutoring him. It was like like, an after-school, you know, continuing education sort of deal. Yeah, there's a chalk... Yeah, and it's just... It's just J.J. Jetton, though, which is great. Mm -hmm. And the Rangers are about to burst in 
and like they they do burst in rather, but then they stop. They're like, "What is what is going on?" And then Richie Hiker comes over and he says, "Oh, I am instructor Richie Hiker. Like, glad to meet you. I am the president of the former Bozoke Rehabilitation like group, and my whole thing is that I help the Bozoke reform." Like if you're if you don't want to be a Bozoke anymore, I help you to do that. And then we hear JJ Jedon reciting facts about the Ottoman Empire, mm-hmm. which is such an incredible. Like I just love that that's what they like. It could have been anything. It could have been math or like Japanese history. But they're like, you know what, J- Ottoman Empire. No, specifically when Constantinople fell. Yeah. So the Rangers love this, particularly Minoru. He's like, this is amazing. This is amazing. You are doing a wonderful service, good sir. We are thrilled with this and are happy to support you. Yeah. So Richie Hiker's like, dude, uh, if you want to hang out and with me while I teach this dude, uh, I've got some cake. We can like you would be the perfect. Yeah. You'd be like the perfect people to help. Yeah. Like, come on, eat this cake with me. We can all chill. Um, this will be a good afternoon. All of a sudden, Signal Man shows up. And he's like, hey, Car Rangers, I found you. You have been bad-mouthing me, so you're under arrest. And Richie Hiker's like, uh, hey, man, what's going on? Signal Man turns around on him. He's like, I don't know who you are. I haven't figured out what your whole deal is, but I don't trust you. You're under arrest until I can figure out why you're in trouble. Which, again, Signal Man, <laughs> not how this is supposed to go. Uh, <laughs> so Richie Hiker, well, Richie Hiker has turned away. And he's like... Mm, he's like, I, like, I recognize that dude. Like, I know who that is. But, of course, Signal Man does not recognize him. Uh, Signal, the rate, but when he says this, sorry, when Signal Man says you're arrested, the Rangers are like, dude, no. He, like, this is who he is. He's a good guy. And they sort of, like, hustle Signal Man away. Before they can do that, Richie Hiker calls after him. He's like, oh, wait. And he walks over. And he says, you've got some dust on your shoulder. And he sort of like dusts off Signal Man's shoulder. But while he does that, he steals the sig- signalizer. Sig- signalizer. Signalizer. The signalizer. He steals the signalizer. And we, we do get a brief flashback here where um, like Signal Man cannot place Inspector Richard Hiker. But we see in a flashback that he had previously arrested him. But at that time, Richa Hiker had been wearing, like, a bandana over his head. And so he looks the exact same, except with a bandana over his head um, in this flashback. But, like, Signal Man cannot put it together. Yeah. Because Signal Man is... Dumb. Yeah. He's very earnest, but, like, come on, man. (laughs) Right. Well, he's both, like, a very good and very bad, bad policeman. Uh, okay. So, Signal Man, we then see, is just sort of like tromping around looking for the signalizer. He's like, well, like, I must have left it somewhere. It's, you know, like, it's got to be around here. I love the, I like that it doesn't have a homing beacon, first Mm -hmm. of all. And I also get the distinct vibe that this is not the first time that this has happened. I mean, he left it behind earlier today. This is not the first time this episode he's done it. <laughs> you know, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. So uh, he sees the signalizer. It's just sitting in the middle of an empty warehouse. 
which obviously that's a trap. Yes, but he again is not. He doesn't think three steps ahead. Uh, so he just sees it sitting in the warehouse. He's like, oh, cool. That's where it is. Walks that's in. That's where I must have left All it. of a sudden, he's surrounded by explosions, and a huge cage drops from the ceiling and lands on top of him. Uh, Richie Hiker comes out. He's like, hey, um, it's me. I'm a villain. I know there was a little bit of confusion about that earlier. I'm just confirming things. I am the villain. Like I definitely I'm am. I'm going to kill you. I'm also going to kill the car rangers. Just like... You sit tight. I got to go figure out a couple of details, but I'll be back to kill you and them later. Well, no, no, no. He's because he's going to kill him right now because the Wumpers have a bunch of paper mache bombs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, they're like paper mache cartoon bombs. They did not even like they did not try very hard on these bombs. And and they put one bomb at the each corner of the cage and then they run and then there's a giant explosion. Yes. Oh, no. Signal Man is dead. He's weak for Signal Man. Well, he's not fine, but he is definitely not dead. So we go back to Pegasus Motors. And and, and Dapu is reading this card. And Dapu the, the, says, the business like, card this? they had gotten from Richie Hiker earlier. The business, yeah, the one, the fake one. And Dapu's like, this is very fishy. This does not seem right. And Minoru says, but he offered us cake. As though that is not like the first thing a tricky villain would right. do, right? Like step one, offer cake. Step two, do whatever you want. They're busy eating cake. Right. And in fact, they are invited to a party later on. And they plan to attend. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then there's an alert. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, cut a, we cut away. We see Signal Man crawl in from the wreckage. Yeah, very briefly. Well, we see... Uh, Oh no! I'm sorry. I jumped. In, I jumped a line in my notes. We get an alert that the bo- yeah. that there's Bozoak activity. You got. You threw me off for a I, second. I apologize. There, uh, That's fine. Uh, when they get this thing. There's Bozoak activity. They're like, oh, let's go check it out. So they run out and check it out, and they see JJ Jet on, and he's picking up trash. Yeah, just like in the and park. He says, Rangers. Them up. Yeah, he's like Rangers. So good to see you. I've graduated. I'm not a bad guy anymore. Richie Hiker is going to throw a party for me to celebrate. You guys are all invited. There's cake. Again with the cake. Midoru, speaking for the others, says, love it. We'll be there. No doubt. What could be better? What could be better? Cake with a former Bozoak. Then we get the burning rubble. We see Signal Man has survived. Yes. Awesome. We cut from there to the party. Richie. Which really does look very nice. Yeah. There's like a nice spread. Richie. Richie Hiker has gotten some like wrought iron tables. He set them out like by the like by the there river. There's like a little patio. It's lovely. I would go to a party. Well, there. the pr- the problem, Dave, is that although it is a lovely party, um, the the wine that will be served at this party is being poisoned with poison. He's got like this little poison yeah. bottle and just dumping it into the wine. He's like, okay. Cool, they're going to show up, they're going to celebrate the fact that J.J. Jetan is no longer a villain, and then they're going to drink these glasses of wine, and they're all going to die from the, the terrible poison. Like, we'll poison. toast with the wine. Yeah. Um, and this looks like it is about to happen. Like, all of the car rangers show up, they're like, man, this is a really nice party. You got wine? Oh God, I love stuff. wine. Give me that wine. They all pick up the glasses of wine, and I think, how is this going to work? They're all wearing helmets. 
Yeah. Uh, they don't. Well, thankfully, they don't need to worry about it. Because just as they are about to drink this wine, the, the wine glasses are shot out of their hands. Which is great. Uh, and we see and Signal they look Man. Up. And he's sort of standing, you know, on the other side of the party with the gun. He's like, hey, car rangers, that guy is a jerk. He's not your friend after all. Yeah, and Richie Hiker, to his credit, brass ones on this guy, says, oh, no, no, no. Like, there must be some misunderstanding. I am, I am, let's just have our wine, guys. I am a very good person. And Signal Man says, he might try to say that, but I have a recording. And he pulls out the signalizer and, uh, you know, shoots him with Chekhov's gun, basically. Yeah. Which works, because the signalizer is also a gun. It is, in fact, also a gun. So the rangers also, when the rangers turn around, they are deeply and genuinely aggrieved that Richie Hiker has lied to them about this. And also, presumably, that they won't get to eat this great cake. Um, and then there's a fight. Right. J.J. Jetton attacks. And as I mentioned, J.J. Jetton, like, the guy in that suit must be a professional wrestler, because all of the moves that he is doing are specifically professional wrestling moves. Like, there is a Hurricane Rana. There is a... Um, he puts somebody in an abdominal stretch. Like, he, like, they're all... Oh, there's an atomic drop. Like, they're all extremely specific professional wrestling things. Yeah, and he does them really well. Uh, I feel like it's going to be easier because he's not actually wearing a... Monster costume? Right, so long as his giant like monster head clothes. doesn't fall off, he can pretty much move however he wants. Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty convenient for him. Uh, and it is, and it's okay fight. Then, then it's not. Like, he's doing very, very well, and then he immediately starts losing. Uh, the Rangers pull out all their special moves. Wheel spin kick, Pink Rangers somersault move. I is just, it like, growing on you? It's not. It's the opposite. Like, every time I see it, I think it's dumber. And I think it is because they don't do any sort of, like, spinny animation. I mean, what, do you want to turn into a Sonic the Hedgehog? I would, Actually, yes. that'd be pretty cool. That, that would be much better because what we actually get is just the Pink Ranger doing a somersault. I was going to say that that might be tough to do, but they did that exact move a lot in O-Ranger, so it would not be difficult. Yeah. It was, it was, we know that they can do it. Uh, and then, so, J.J. Jedi goes down like a chump. Uh, R- uh, Richard Hiker runs over and he's like, here, have this Emo Yokan from Emo Cho. It'll make her grow huge. And they mention Emo Cho again. I just want to know what the special ingredient is. Like, what is it about? I hope they never tell us. But I do wonder what it is about Emo Cho, Emo Yokan specifically that... You know what would be amazing? Because, like, I don't know if Yimacho is a real shop. I hope it is, and I hope it is owned by, like, a friend of one of the producers of the show. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great to find that out. If, if anyone knows, please let us know. So it grows. Uh, rather, uh, it makes JJ Jetan grow. Um, Signal Man. I'm sorry. Um, the, the car rangers start to summon their robot cars so that they can create RV Robo, but... Like, J.J. Jetan is sort of, like, messing with them, so they can't quite get together. So, Signal Man summons Sirender, 
Cyrender comes and he's running interference. But JJ Jetan gets Cyrender in the abdominal stretch, which is very cool to see someone do to a giant robot. Yeah, I was, I was, man, I don't love, like, I love the giant robots, although I don't generally love the giant robot fights because they're often fairly boring. Uh, but every once in a while, you are reminded at just how good these guys are at uh, at moving. Like inside in of those these suits. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and it is, it's, it's pretty impressive. Anyway, but now RV Robo has had a chance to get together. So it pulls out its sword, and like that's that's pretty much all she wrote, right? Did, did, I know he, JJ Jetan gets defeated. Does JJ Jetan get killed, or is he able to escape? Uh you know, I didn't quite catch it. I assume that he's dead, but kind of who knows? I guess we will fill you in on that later if we ever see him again. Yeah, so uh, we go from there, and Richie Hiker is back at the BBC because Richie Hiker is fine. He's back in the BB saloon, and everybody's kind of mad at him, but he saunters in, and he says, hey, listen, we'll get him next time, guys, but uh, while we're waiting, let's go ahead and figure out my, settle up, settle up for today, what my, my daily rate is, and he's sort of talking him through putting the bill together, and his initial charge is, uh, I think, 18 billion yen. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Gynamo is not prepared to pay this sum. And he just tears the bill in half. Yeah, it's like, okay. They just start, like, tearing zeros off of the end of the bill. It's like, okay, how about uh, 18,000? 1,800? 180. Guys, come on. You gotta pay me something. Right. uh, And then they they don't. And then that is, in fact, the end of the episode. Yes, Dave, but it is not the end of our episode. Uh, or rather, I, th- I think it's not the end of our episode, right? Because we, if we are assuming that J.J. Jetan has died, then we were, are going to have to put him in the Creature Royale. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's almost the end of our episode, Matt, because I think this conversation is going to be had in less than 30 seconds. Okay, J.J. Jetan sucks, but his wrestling moves were cool. Yeah, so he is better than, he's better than Yu Yu Warren. How about that? Um, who is right on the other side of you you were in? Uh, up or down? Uh, either, man. I'm still looking for it on the list. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's at the very bottom. So, you you were in is 149. Below that is Voice Dimension, and above him is M.M. Mogu. Yeah, let's toss in J.J. Jetan at number 150, because, like, honestly, there's nothing wrong with, like, the the character of him is fine, and his moves are cool. And I like the fact that he has appeared as just like a nameless henchman in the background of other episodes and now gets to be the monster this month but or this week. Yeah, that is fine. But like, it, it's, it's a bad design, guys. It's very bad. And I just don't want to reward that kind of behavior. Uh-huh. Can't do it. Okay. So there we go. JJ Jetan, number 150. Although I hope that Richie Hiker sticks around because again, the weekly monsters in Car Ranger have not been super exciting, but the cast of like the Bozok head honchos are amazing, and Richie Hiker seems like a very good addition. He to does that seem crew. like a good ad, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think that then that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. 
you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show. That would be very nice of you. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, uh, such as the new episode of Spectre that came out this last week, uh, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.